Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Ah, Wow. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... January the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. And as you know, we're convinced that checks and balances are the key to success in America. A good, honest, moral people using the checks and balances that made America great could certainly do it again. Problem? Immorality of the American people, folks. You say, well, I'm not a bad guy. I know. But we're not a religious people. We don't hold the Ten Commandments sacred. You know what? Sunday's a massive, massive regular day. It should be a day of rest. It should be a day of delight, all right? We're not honoring our fathers and our mothers. Tremendous disrespect across the nation and families. Mothers and fathers don't stay together hardly anymore. Divorce is rampant. The list goes on and on and on, folks. And I don't mean to be negative, but I do mean to point to the solutions that they are The Ten Commandments, for starters, they are morality in the people. They are using the checks and balances to properly chain down those who would seek power uh, with the Constitution as our protection, as our guide. It can be done. But what we do now is not only are we an an immoral people and all this kind of stuff, uh, but then we point to the Constitution and act like it's the problem. And we act like it's failed us. So we run around and shift blame. Instead of taking responsibility, I digress except to point to God, family, and country for answers, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we were live on the air on Saturday. We had our guest, Richard Mack, with us, CSPOA.org. That's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. We talked about known agitator, John Earl Sullivan, charged for his role in the Capitol breach, right? He was caught on video at the Capitol celebrating their success of breaking in. Now, here's what's funny. They call this guy a right-wing agitator, right? But it turns out before he was a Trump supporter, he was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Now, I don't mean to be offensive, but Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump have opposite views on almost everything. Bernie Sanders, a radical extreme socialist. Donald Trump, far from perfect, but a... God-fearing constitutionalist, right? You say, well, come on, Sam. Donald hasn't really obeyed the Constitution more than any other president in my lifetime. He sure has. Has he done a perfect job like I might expect? No. But you got to give him some credit. But the point about this whacked-out right-wing, you know, agitator guy, he's more left-wing than he is right-wing, folks. He's tied up in Antifa and Black Lives Matter and celebrating with extreme liberals and everything else. This guy's no... Trump supporter in the genuine term. All right, we also talked about a very interesting French programmer. A French computer programmer 
transferred more than $500,000 in Bitcoin to, quote, far-right groups and individuals involved in riots at the Capitol. Well, this programmer, I guess, just committed suicide. So, look, he gave a half a million dollars to right-wing groups and then died. This French programmer. Uh, you can't trace the money in Bitcoin, folks. It makes you wonder what's going on. Serious, serious issues, right? Now, this makes the point that Donald Trump focused on at Charlottesville more accurate than ever. Look, there are good guys and bad guys on both sides of this. He's right as rain, but he got attacked big time for it. Nancy Pelosi called the impeachment of President Trump urgent, right? But she hasn't sent the charge to the Senate yet to start the trial, nor did she commit when she would do so. You got to kind of wonder about that. Why was it so urgent? Answer, to get on record that Donald Trump, the only person to ever be impeached by the House twice. Now, after the fact, because Mitch McConnell won't cooperate, after the fact, they're going to try to have the Senate vote. And what's going to happen with that? Time will tell. I think we got to go back and impeach Barack Obama, too. I think what President Trump needs to do right before he leaves office is release the truth on Barack Obama's birth certificate, right? Can you get to that truth, Donald? Why don't you release that? You were promising to do so before you ever became president, that you would do your best to get to the bottom of that. Now I haven't seen a word, heard a word. But you know what? If you release that, maybe we could go back and impeach Barack Obama, too. Hey, maybe we could also go back and impeach Bill Clinton for all kinds of other things, right? Maybe the Vince Foster murder that's been covered up. Look, hey, the Capitol Police has plenty of attention now. Let's look into that. What do you think, President Trump? You got a lot of work to do, buddy. Start releasing classified information left and right, will you? Did we go to the moon? What about JFK? What do you know, President Trump? Or what can you know, huh? They say crisis casts light on a one-mission agency unused to scrutiny. New York Times. What are you talking about? The Capitol Police. Security fence now goes up around same Congress that rejected one on the border last year. Remember on the border last year they said walls don't work? Why do we got walls around the Capitol right now then, huh? The hypocrisy at an all-time high. The annual March for Life has been canceled in person this year. They say this is only partly due to the coronavirus. Yeah, it's due to riots and all kinds of other civil unrest too, isn't it? That was hour one on Saturday. Hour two, we talked about Capitol Police intelligence warned of insurrection days in advance. So when they tell you they didn't know about it, they lie. Got it? They lied. New York City Corrections, believe it or not. Or I, I'm sorry, New York uh, Times. New York Times Correction. They had a picture, and it had an essay with it about the January 6th riots at the Capitol. And they misidentified a man that was shirtless. They said <clears throat> that he was a criminal, that he was breaking down the door. Turns out he was actually a journalist for the Daily Caller. He didn't have his shirt on because he got pepper sprayed, and he took his shirt off because there was spray all over his shirt, and he was trying to be able to breathe. So he took his shirt off. And the reason that he was trying to reach into the door he was a videographer, and it turns out that on his phone was the video to prove, number one, his innocence, 
And number two, he was documenting what was happening at the Capitol. He was a Daily Caller reporter. But the New York Times went ahead and said this guy was one of the lead rioters. Look at him. His shirt's off. He's going crazy. Turned out to be a complete bogus lie. And the New York Times was forced to retract, ladies and gentlemen. Fox News reporting now that three samples of ice cream from a Chinese company tested positive for the coronavirus. They also had to confiscate thousands of boxes of dessert as a result. Now, this is interesting because in 2020, we thought it was bad. In 2021, are they going to start to roll out all kinds of food, ends up getting tainted with the cocoa? Yeah, don't eat your ice cream, buddy. Certainly don't give ice cream to your kids. You know what I'm talking about? The CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, has a new warning out. They say the, well, the new strain of the virus, it's called the British version, it could dominate in the United States probably around March. How convenient when spring is a springing and everybody's ready to go outside. Oh, no, you don't. Wow. The global coronavirus death toll, they say. Top 2 million on Friday. So there you have it. But again, you know, do you trust their numbers? I sure don't. COVID vaccine secret. The protocols used to produce the mRNA for the vaccines. Well, they don't appear to identify any nucleotide sequences at all. That are unique to the SARS COVID virus, folks. So the problem is Pfizer even confirms they don't have a real isolation of the COVID virus. So if you don't have the isolated virus, folks, how can you claim you've sequenced it? And if you haven't sequenced it, but you've sequenced it by nothing but guesses, assumption, then how do you even claim the virus is real? Folks, let's be clear. We're not saying people are, are not getting sick from something. What we're saying is that they want to, you to believe that they have this completely nailed down and locked down and isolated, and they got a vaccine for it. But none of that's science. Now, that's interesting when Joe Biden says he's going to let the science lead on this thing, right? What kind of science, Joe? Pseudoscience? Because you're not talking about honest science, buddy. All right, Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey said that censorship will be much bigger than the Trump ban was. Mm, that's something we can look forward to, I guess, huh? Think of a country where a small group of people decide what is truth and what is fiction. This group, of course, is not held accountable for their decisions, ladies and gentlemen. They get away with anything they like. Hiding behind giant media and tech companies or third-party Quote, fact checkers. These people can do anything they want, say anything they want, publish anything they want, promote anything they want. That headline came from PragerU. By the way, Saturday was National Religious Freedom Day. Religious Freedom Day 2021, baby. That's good news. Joe Biden to remove any legal recognition of two genders on his first day, they claim. Look out, folks, it's a coming. I really don't want to talk about this, but I will. I'm just so 
mad. I didn't get asked to the junior prom and it's raining, which means by the time I get to school, I'm soaking wet. Dad picked me up just after I left and I was so mad I got out and he said, wait, your mom said to give you this. I forgot my lunch money and then I dropped it in the water and I was late for history and so at lunchtime I had to find something on John Stuart Mill, which of course our library didn't have. So I had to walk all the way down to the office to call my mom and she found something on the internet and called me back. And Karen, she wouldn't even help me and that's a whole nother story. But Dad helped me conjugate nouns or whatever on the way to the swim team workout and then he read my history paper while I was in the pool and of course I forgot the bibliography so I had to do that with my mother when I got home and it made me totally forget that I put my jeans in the washer that morning and I hate it when they sit wet like that all day and smell like mildew but my mom said she put them in the dryer while I was at the swim team and you know I'm just not gonna go to the prom no matter who asks me I just want to stay home with my mom and dad family and just hang out isn't it about time unless Dustin asked me from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They are the largest single abortion provider in our country. All right, final tidbit of Saturday. Ben Shapiro says we need to replace the legacy media. Boy, howdy, is he right on that score? I've been telling people that forever. Good job, Ben. All right, Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty. Welcome back, my brother. Uh, good to be back, Sam. Thanks for having me. Man, we have so much to focus on, ladies and gentlemen. RonPaulInstitute.org, CampaignForLiberty.org, why they hate Donald Trump so deeply. Jacob Hornberger writes the piece. Why do they hate him so much, Lowell? Well, he's suggesting that the Democrats, the liberals, the progressives, the mainstream press, they all hate him, and I agree. But I also believe most establishment Republicans hate him as well. I mean, he took flack both from his own party and from the Democrat-controlled left. And so you have to ask yourself, why in the world would they impeach him a second time? Well, you know, Hornberger theorizes they want to keep him from running for president in 2024. Uh, quote, the last thing the Democrats and the mainstream press want is to have Trump back on the campaign trail, yeah, given their obvious aim to forever bury any reference to the possibility of fraud in the 2020 election, including by censoring people or simply labeling them as traitors, to have Trump running again, spouting off about an election, a fraudulent election would be their worst nightmare. End of quote. That's what Hornberger thinks. And so why so much anger for him? I mean, that might be the ostensible reason, but there's a deeper reason, he thinks. And he, he searches deeply through this article for, for that reason. So bottom line, Sam, why they hate Trump so deeply? He says, I'll tell you what it is. He says, quote, it is uh, acceptable practice for 
any politician or a bureaucrat to criticize things that happen within the Washington, D.C. sandbox in which these people play. But woe to the politician or bureaucrat who challenges the sandbox itself. He is toast. No president since John Kennedy has dared do that. Kennedy did it, especially in his famous peace speech at American University five months before he was assassinated. He said that the Cold War was a crock and that he was calling an end to it, which, needless to say, constituted a grave threat to the sandbox in which the national security establishment had been playing and hoped to continue playing for the indefinite future. We all know what happened to Kennedy, or at least those of us who are not afraid to examine and challenge the dark inner workings of the national security state sandbox. No president since Kennedy has dared do that, dot, 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 until Donald Trump came along. No matter his faults and failures and poor policy decisions, there is one indisputable fact about Donald Trump. He is not like the rest of the Republican and Democrat politicians or their followers and supporters in the mainstream press. During his campaign, he called them out all. He challenged their sandbox, or if you will, their swamp. He appeared to be willing to take on the military in its forever wars as well as the intelligence community and its nefarious dark side activities. He garnered lots of support and votes for that stance, and that, according to Jacob G. Hornberger, Sam, that's why they hate him. No politician or bureaucrat is supposed to do that, and certainly no president is supposed to do that. End of quote. Yes, Sam, it's true. Trump eventually caved into the system, but the fact that he challenged the system to begin with is why they hate him so deeply and why the deep state wants to send this, this powerful message that the system must never, ever be challenged again, and not, certainly not by Trump himself, Sam. I agree with Hornberger's point, uh, but I also think there's something that uh, others might not catch, but I want to highlight about President Donald Trump. You know, all this left-right paradigm, conservatives, liberals, left-right, Republican, Democrat, and then they say, well, reject the left-right paradigm. It's the swamp versus us. You know, a lot of those things are true. A lot of those things have some uh, manipulation in them. But whether we divide male, female, whether we talk about any other divisions, war versus peace folks, in the end of the day, in my humble opinion, it's going to be all changed in terms of the divide line. All the 99% of the other divide lines that served so well to destroy America um, will be jettisoned for this one divide line. And that is Christians versus the non-Christian. Mm-hmm. Eventually, that will be the divide line. And all these other lines will just kind of be obliterated. Race won't matter. None of those things will matter. It'll be Christian versus the non-Christian. Uh, and, and, or those who say, I'm just not as Christian as you are. Whatever you want to say. You know, I might be Christian, but I won't profess it. I won't take it to the public square. I'll kind of be silent. In other words, it's going to come down to, will you deny the Christ? And I will not Uh deny the Christ, okay? That's really where it's headed. I know people think I'm nuts on this, but just hang with me. And so pro-life is the core Christian value. There is no greater value than the protection of the life that God gave us as Christians. Well, Donald Trump has crossed that line. He openly praises God openly thanks God, openly, you know, mentions by the grace of God, or this, and he openly stands for pro-life. 
He literally is the first president we've ever known to go to the pro-life rallies, and they've been going on since 1972. Now they shut down this one over the coronavirus and violence in the Capitol. Did you hear the pro-life folks aren't going to go to their big event now? So now that they've canceled the annual pro-life event, it's been going on since like 1972 or whatever, 73 since Roe versus Wade, right? It's been going on for, you know, 40-plus years, almost 50 years, okay? But the real dividing line will be that. In my opinion, it's, it's, it's challenging the swamp. That's part of it. But a bigger issue, though, is that Trump has stood for Christ. Trump has stood for pro-life. And I believe that's the big no-no. Your thoughts? Well, I, I certainly uh, can't argue that because that is a big, big dividing line. I think one of many, I think the Marxist ideology, the way Marxism overtakes and overwhelms and undermines the country, of course, is, uh, is to get people fighting in, against each other. And they do that by creating numerous uh, lines of division, you know, black against white, uh, gay against straight. And, and and the list goes on and on and on. So, you know, you may be absolutely right, uh, Sam. I think in the end, I, that may be the biggest dividing line. I don't think that's, um, I don't think that's the, the the line right now necessarily. Yeah, you're right. And, and let's be clear too. I'm not suggesting it's it's one or the other. So it's not what Hornberger says that it's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's mm-hmm. all the above because when you challenge the swamp, at first you might challenge little things, but eventually the swamp is a godless swamp, or they can't maintain power. Okay, mm-hmm. the socialist swamp, the communist swamp is a godless swamp. Okay, and that, mm-hmm. that's why uh, Ezra Tab Benson, Secretary of Agriculture under Eisenhower, said, "Hey, one of the greatest th- threats to our freedom is this communist cabal, this godless communist cabal." Mm-hmm. Okay, because it comes down to the godless versus the god fearing, uh, and and so uh, I think that Hornberger is right. I, I'm not suggesting what he's saying is wrong. I'm just saying all roads lead eventually uh, to my point. Although along the way. Hornberger's point is no doubt correct. Mm-hmm. All right. Any yep. other thoughts on the why they hate him so deeply issue? Nope. That's great, Sam. I appreciate right. the, your The last reason that I think he hates him, they hate him so deeply is because he's the only one that's really been able to call the media's bluff as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and I love the way he took over, uh, you know, uh, and tweeted during his presidency, social media. And that's why today, uh, you know, the social media cracked down so hard on him and others like him. It's kind of funny to me how they said you can't be on social media because you might provoke violence. But yet then they let him release a video from the White House that had scrutiny and pre-recorded, and we'll control what you say, but we want you to say it. Get on there and say it um, to try to defend yourself. But yet we won't let you talk freely, but we will let you release something that we control. Isn't that interesting how the White House in bed with the mainstream press made that happen? By the way, Trump's speech should be, I know that the article says it is, but it should be protective speech. Judge Andrew Napolitano speaks out. Yeah, this is an interesting uh, take uh, just about the freedom of speech. I mean, uh, Napolitano talks about, well, uh, you know, where, well, yeah, he talks about the freedom of speech. And he claims that you know, President Trump's speech at the Capitol, uh, you know, at the Capitol Mall there, on January 6th, was protected speech, and, and, you know, should be, is and should be protected speech. I mean, he said, the First Amendment reads in part, as, as you know, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. Now, what did the ratifiers mean when they ratified this article of amendment, right? And, and well, Thomas Jefferson once argued that 
So long as the speaker neither picked his pocket nor broke his legs, all the speaker's words are protected. Well, uh, the perspective of the ratifiers was called into question in 1798, just a mere years after they were ratified, when Congress enacted the Alien and Sedition Acts, and President John Adams signed them. One of those acts made it a crime to utter false, scandalous, or malicious speech against the government or against the president. And, and so it's interesting that Congress approved these acts so soon after the First Amendment was ratified. And so that, just shows how, that just shows how manipulated Congress can be. But thank heavens uh-huh. they got a handle on it a little bit later. Details of that coming up. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty, talking about Judge Napolitano's point that Donald Trump's speech is protected speech, folks, just like yours and mine should be. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. As Inauguration Day approaches, what do we know about the 25,000 National Guardsmen and women? That's the FBI thoughts as the FBI is vetting every National Guard member stationed in the nation's capital. The FBI began screening the National Guard troops upon their arrival to D.C. over a week ago. In addition to the review, Guard members are also receiving training to detect potential insider threats. Two separate migrant caravans of about 5,000 people are moving from Honduras toward the U.S. border, calling on incoming Biden administration to honor their commitment and open up the border. A Biden transition official, however, warned migrants against coming to the United States, saying now is not the time to make the journey. The National Park Service is reporting a San Jose man remained missing on Monday after he was swept out to sea off the Point Bonita Lighthouse Trail near the San Francisco Bay entrance. Known as King Tides, heavy surf will continue for the next couple of days. USA Radio News. Newsmax TV. Everyone is watching it now. President Trump says he loves it. And more than 30 million Americans tune into Newsmax TV. With great shows and analysts like Dick Morris, Rudy Giuliani, Michelle Malkin, Diamond and Silk, Mike Huckabee, Alan Dershowitz, and a lot more. Every night, you can watch Newsmax's number one show, Greg Kelly Reports. Greg Kelly and Newsmax are unafraid to tell the truth about the election, how big tech is censoring you, and Joe Biden's dangerous plans. You need to watch Newsmax TV. Get Newsmax on all major cable systems or check your guide. If you don't get Newsmax, call your cable operator. Tell them you want Newsmax. And remember, Newsmax is free on Roku, YouTube, Apple TV, Zumo, TiVo Plus, Pluto, Chromecast, and most smart TVs like Samsung and LG. And don't forget to download the free Newsmax TV app. All other cable news channels ask you to pay, but Newsmax's app is free. So start watching anytime, anywhere in the world. More arrests in D.C. as the military zone around the Capitol prepares for Biden's inauguration Wednesday. USA Radio News' Jeremy Scott reports. At least three people have been arrested at security checkpoints in D.C. in the days leading up to the inauguration. Two separate men from Virginia and a woman from Connecticut. Authorities say 31-year-old Wesley Beeler had an unregistered firearm and hundreds of rounds of ammunition when he was stopped by authorities. He tells WUSA 9. I'm not a bad person, and it was just an accident that was made because I forgot to take my time 
to leave for work and take my firearm out of the truck before I left Virginia. Beeler said he had a security badge for the inauguration from his employer. 22-year-old Guy Barry was arrested for carrying an unlicensed firearm, three high-capacity magazines, and three dozen rounds of ammunition. 63-year-old Linda McGovern said she was part of the presidential cabinet. She was given a psychological evaluation. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Lowell Nelson, campaign for liberty.org on a riding shotgun today. Trump's speech is protected speech. Judge Napolitano, the good judge, talks about Thomas Jefferson, who once argued that so long as the speaker neither picked his pocket or broke his legs, all speech, words are protected, even Donald Trump's. Lowell? So eventually, Jefferson debated Adams for president, Sam, and, and Congress repealed the anti-speech portion of the Alien and Sedition Act. Uh, you know, but not out of the goodness of their hearts, mind you, but because they feared repression um, and reprisal against themselves. Right? I mean, that's why they did it. They they realized that oh heck, Jefferson beat Adams, and Jefferson, you know, opposed the Alien and Sedition Acts. That's where the resolves of '98 and '99 came from. And therefore, he might use that against us. And so we better repeal those uh, pieces of our legislation um, you know, from, you know, that, that yeah, otherwise he might use them against us. Uh, that's why they repealed them, Sam. So now this sentiment is mirrored, really, in a New York Times article last week, whose author believes that Trump incited the riot. So on one hand, this author believes that Trump incited the riot, but should not be removed from office on such a low bar because that low bar might be used against members of the left in the very near future. <laughs> Take that. I thought that was an interesting parallel. Uh, in New York Times, the people on the left are hesitant to actually remove you know, Trump from office because it sets a low bar, it sets a bad precedent, and they might find themselves you know, in, in hot water later on if that same low bar were used against them. Well, Napolitano concludes this column with a discussion about a Supreme Court case, and you know we don't need to get into the details. Well, the last that. line I think is really important here, though, Lowell, and what it basically says is this. The answer to the free speech problem is more speech. Anyway, highlight that, because I think that's really the critical takeaway. Yeah, and, 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 and you need to know that the Supreme Court decided that this, this state case, this Ohio case, it's a Brandenburg versus Ohio. And Brandenburg was convicted in Ohio of inciting violence against the Jews and the blacks by encouraging violence at a rally in Ohio. You know, Brandenburg acknowledged that violence was his purpose, but claimed that his words were protected political speech. Well, Ohio said he was guilty. The U.S. Supreme Court reversed the conviction. Why? Because of the time between the time he said what he said and the time of the violence. In other words, immediacy. Uh, it comes into play here. So if, if you say something uh, and, and incite a crowd to a riot, Sam, and they immediately take action, then then that is not protected speech, and, and you'd be guilty of inciting a riot. But at the Capitol, speech, uh, uh, Trump's speech ended at 1245, and, and, then, and then other people spoke and other people spoke. The Capitol wasn't breached until at least 90 minutes later. And so Napolitano is saying the essence of criminal incitement is immediacy. He says that, 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 that 
um, the courts know that, and, and the Congress needs to know it as well. He says the First Amendment protects the speech that we hate and fear. It even protects the speech that harms. The remedy for harmful speech is not punishment. It is more speech. The courts know this, Sam, and Congress needs to know it as well. That's and let me, give you, let me give you a proof positive of this. Even if President Trump did incite a riot, which I don't believe that he did, uh-huh. uh, but uh, now I'm going to basically use this free speech as a Trump supporter. Since they won't let Trump speak, I will speak for him. And here's what I will say. I don't think we ought to go to any of the 50 state capitals or Washington, D.C. for this inauguration. I think we need to avoid violence and the potential for violence right now at all costs. Uh, That doesn't mean that I'm willing to back away from defending our nation or anything else. I'm just saying right now they've created intentionally such a dishonest lie about who's done what to the point where if you go out and get involved, even if your intentions are peaceful, you may be caught up in the melee dishonest lie. Let me give you a 30-second really quick point to make. I went to Oregon with, with Ammon Bundy. We had a peaceful rally for the Hammonds. And after that peaceful rally, Bundy and, and those guys took over the um, Malheur Wildlife Refuge. Well, I refused to take that over, and so we left. Well, I don't know if you know, but I had my photo. I was one of the leaders of the rally. I was walking in the front of everybody uh, to the, go to the Hammonds' house peacefully. We went there. We sang Amazing Grace. It was very peaceful, very nice. But they literally took my picture which had me leading, me and Richard Mack and Kurt Cosby leading the rally. But my face was uncovered. Kurt's and Richard Mack's face were pretty much covered because it was like almost zero degrees outside. Nevertheless, they took my peaceful picture and they put it on the takeover of the refuge stories. They lied. They flat out dishonestly lied. Now, I issued a press release against it, and I'm somewhat of a little bit larger of a public figure than others maybe. Now, I'm not trying to tell you I'm important. I'm just saying, so when I issue a press release and say something, then they're kind of forced to retract. I'm big enough to cause that to happen. Well, anyway, I bring this up because you might get caught in traps just like that. Okay, I was not even at the takeover of the refuge. I was writing a press release, publicly releasing it against it, but they literally took my picture from the peaceful rally, which was hours before, acted like it was the same event, and acted like I was one of the leaders of the takeover, and they got caught. All right, but I'm telling you, so I am going to use my speech to support President Trump and say, look, don't go to any of these potential uh, bad zones because I'm telling you, it will not go well. There's no value. You just even heard at the bottom of the hour people getting arrested. So I agree Trump's speech is protected speech, but this dovetails nicely with Paul Craig Roberts' column as of late as well, lol. It does, Sam, and just one more word about, the, how, uh, the, you know, the effect, in, um, well, the questionable effectiveness of protests at the, at the you know, 50 state capitals or at the uh, Capitol Mall. I, I don't recommend that because it's not effective. I mean, it was effective in showing how many people, over a million people, supported Trump and supported um, in election integrity, which is the reason they were there. And so from that standpoint, yeah, it was effective. But just think, Sam, how much more effective it would be if those million people would focus their attention on their own state legislatures, right? I mean, if if, uh, if you broke that in, into groups of, you know, maybe 100,000 or 200,000 people um, who actually focused on Georgia, you know, you know, I don't know how many people came from, from Nevada or how many people came from Michigan or Wisconsin, some of these battleground states where the election fraud occurred. Um, so egregiously, 
But if that number, 50,000, 10,000, I don't care what it is, if that number of people focus their attention instead on talking with their state legislators to ensure election integrity, just think of what we could accomplish. And then you wouldn't have the protest. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have the chance of falling prey to the spin of the lamestream media, you know, uh, you know, it's, um, like you just described. And I think it's 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 malicious what they did to you by, you know, taking your picture of a peaceful rally for a family there in Oregon and plastering it all over this uh, this thing later that happened. This, that you know, it's just terrible that they did that. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Sam. I think the more effective strategy is to befriend your state legislator and talk to them. They're the ones who are responsible for election integrity, not the not the feds. Heck, heck, the feds are not responsible for that. So, yeah, I mentioned uh, that I think we should go back to the precinct level. There's about 175,000 precincts in America, I think. And if we all went back to our precinct and demanded accountability in the votes, we could change things tomorrow. But unless we get to the localist or the most local point of government uh, and we insist politely, peacefully, uh, I don't know that we're going to make a difference. So we need yeah. to realize where we can make the biggest differences and how yeah. to go about them in a peaceful way. Uh, so anyway, I use my speech. The point that you mentioned was time. Uh, since President Trump gave his speech, I give a speech before these eventual up you know, coming up events. And so we have time to kind of calm people down and say, look, here's a better, more peaceful way. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. Ben. There you go. Appreciate that. Well, so Paul, Paul Craig Roberts, uh, I'll just uh, summarize. We won't have time to go through the whole thing, but great column wherein he, uh, uh, he proved with evidence, video evidence, there was no violent assault on the Capitol. <laughs> now, I wasn't there. But, but he, with video evidence, Sam, proves there was no violent assault on the Capitol. But there was abundant evidence of electoral fraud. And so he ties these two together. He says the evidence will show enormous fraud in the swing states where the election was stolen, what I just barely called the battleground state. Regardless of the evidence, everyone suspects Biden is going to be found the winner because that is what the establishment demands. It has the means to enforce with media, with Antifa, with BLM as threats to be unleashed and campaign contributions to be cut off, right? I mean, so that is the situation that the, uh, they're in the Capitol, right? So here, that, and, 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 but, but basically, Paul Craig Roberts, um, and, and I looked at the video evidence, and I saw organized, um, you know, protesters walking through the Capitol, observing the rope boundaries, um, and all of that. And 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 that, but that's not what you saw in the lamestream media. You saw you saw people smashing windows and so forth on the outside. And anyway, the so-called violence on the Capitol is another fake news success. Sam. We're talking about con- congressional hysteria, hypocrisy. It could doom liberty. That's next. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. 
This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. As the United States boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787, the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land. Today, the nation stands at a crossroads, a divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit topreservethenation.com to begin that restoration. We condemn the unnecessary violence, and we also condemn the destruction of private property, or even public property in this case. Nevertheless, this lie about that there was a violent assault on the Capitol. Look, a few bad apples did some things. A few, maybe a hundred people or something like that. <clears throat> but when we find out the, the cops really let people in, and for the most part it was orderly, you're being lied to. And there is abundance of election fraud that simply got obliterated by this. Now no one's talking about it, except for me and Lowell. Final point on the issue, Lowell. Right. The only people who saw the evidence were the, were the legislators in the various states, in the battleground states, and at least three of those anyway. And the members of Congress began hearing about the electoral fraud, but then that got upset when this so-called assault on the Capitol happened. So uh, 99% of the American population do not know what expert witnesses presented. Uh, there was vast evidence of electoral fraud. And one of the great things that Roberts does, Paul Craig Roberts does in this column, is, is that he embedded numerous links to hours and hours of testimony about the election fraud. And, uh, you know, I didn't listen to all of it, but I did listen to some of it. There is no question in my mind, Sam, of election fraud in these six battleground states and, and the fact that it's up to the people in those states to get the legislature to, to backpedal on, on... Well, and as I told Kurt Crosby and others, as long as you allow these secret combinations to get above you and they go to all lengths to cover up their crimes, we're in serious, serious trouble. And the only solution is for the people to repent and turn to God. Mm-hmm. Congressional hysteria, no doubt about that, and hypocrisy could doom liberty, writes James Bavard. Great little article at ronpaulinstitute.org. Smack in the middle of this, but get right to the heart of it. President-elect Biden said protesters' action was, was quote, an assault on the citadel of liberty, the capital itself, end quote. Uh, you know, but contrast the violence that lawmakers suffered, you know, like a, a few broken windows and, and stuff like that. Contrast that with the laws that they have inflicted. Most of the Trump protesters 
were, were less destructive than SWAT teams carrying out a no-knock raid, Sam. That's happened thousands of times a year in American neighborhoods across the land. These attacks have been aided by a profusion of military-style equipment provided by Congress and federal, federal agencies, as well as by the Justice Department, constantly championing the legal prerogatives of law enforcement to use deadly force in almost any situation. An ACLU report characterized SWAT raids as violent events. Numerous, often 20 or more officers armed with assault rifles and grenades approach a home, break down doors and windows, often causing property damage, and scream for the people inside to get on the floor, often pointing their guns at them. Failure to instantly submit to SWAT raiders can be a capital offense. A New York Times investigation found that at least 81 civilians and 13 law enforcement officers died in raids from 2010 to 2016. Scores of others were maimed or wounded, and the vast majority of members of Congress have ignored the perennial police carnage they helped bankroll around the nation. End of quote, Sam. That's the heart of his article. And around the world. And then we uh, complain when somebody runs around and goes, hey, man, I got my feet on Pelosi's desk. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hypocritical. Now, don't get, me wrong. About- don't get me wrong. The people that died are a sad tale to tell. But remember, the one lady that died uh, was killed by the cops. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, then I guess a police officer was killed, and that's a sad tale uh, for sure. Uh, but, you know, they act like, you know, five people died. We don't even hear the details of how most of them died, right? No. Isn't that interesting? You don't have the details. They just want to make it sound like more people died, right? Yeah, exactly. There's as the only person who really died was shot by Capitol Police. The others were just, you know, uh, pro- protesters with medical conditions and so forth. And we're not uh, saying yeah, their deaths. We're not saying their deaths don't matter. But to chalk it up as a in a crazy violent insurrection killed five people, that's not really the truth at all or accurate at all. In fact, they didn't need to shoot uh, that woman that was a veteran. Um, and we really need to dig into the cop that shot her and create accountability, but the sad part is we probably never will. Yeah, I mean, he could have used a taser. He could have just blocked her entrance, you know, simply by putting his body in, in the way. I mean, Or he so, could have just know. let her in. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But the essence of this article, Sam, is, is the hypocrisy um, of, you know, some government bureaucrat complaining about the attack on the Capitol when in reality— they have bankrolled the U.S. government imposed blockades on Syria, Venezuela, Iran, Yemen, and other nations, right? So the next time you hear a member of Congress express any displeasure about January 6th, why don't you ask him or her about the tens of thousands of people dying in the Middle East because of U.S. blockade? Why isn't he upset about that? Why why don't we talk about mandated regime changes in other countries against the people's will uh, by our military as well? Exactly. What about the spying, the torture, the killing of our brothers and sisters around the world that Congress has funded, right? So it's just rank hypocrisy, Sam, and they need to be called out on it. Amen to that. What about the hypocrisy of, you know, we got to shut down everybody because of the coronavirus? Jeffrey Tucker nails this one. <laughs> Posted at ronpaulinstitute.org, he gives us a bit of history. There was a nation flu, Sam, in 1957, the year I was born, and in 1958. Uh, the Asian flu of 57-58 was a deadly pandemic with broader reach for severe outcomes than COVID-19 of 2020. It killed between 1 and 4 million people worldwide and 116,000 in the United States in a time that had half the population that it has today. 
it was the leading contributor to a year in which U.S. saw 62,000 excess deaths. You know, we don't see that with COVID-19, by the way, no excess deaths. But in the Asian flu of 5758, they did. Globally, it might have been five times as deadly as COVID-19 as measured by deaths per capita, was used unusually lethal for younger people, and yet they did not lock down. They did not mandate masks. So did they simply not realize the so-called benefits of masking and locking down back then? No. Public health experts at the time did, in fact, consider school closures, business closures, and the banning of public events and so forth. But they rejected those. Why? Because lockdowns would be too disruptive, disabling the capacity of medical professionals to deal competently with the crisis, Sam. That sounds familiar, huh? Tucker continues. Whereas lockdowns in the COVID-19 case might have contributed to a lengthening of the crisis by delaying herd immunity, the period in which Asian flu had the most severe consequences was only three months. Newspapers barely covered it, and most people did not notice it. <laughs> Think about that. The Asian flu of 1957-58 was four or five times as deadly as COVID-19. And most people didn't even know about it. Why? They didn't because lock they down, didn't lock weren't down. forced to wear masks, weren't forced to pay for and fund vaccines, anything like that at all. By the way, the Epic Times, one of the intrepid reporting groups out there today, highlights the reality that the COVID vaccine kills people and has serious, serious side effects that they're not willing to blatantly admit. Lol. Uh, from January 5th, headline, 100th century emergency room after getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Also January uh, 5th, two days after receiving COVID-19 shot, a uh, healthy 41-year-old mother dies in Portugal. From January 6th, the headline reads, severe allergic reactions to COVID-19 vaccines occurring at a higher rate than flu shots. From January 14th, 23 die in Norway after receiving the Pfizer uh, CCP virus vaccine. And from January 16th, Sam, 55 people have died in the United States after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. 55 people, Sam, here in the, in the U.S. have died after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. And this for the most vaccine, part, the mainstream Sam, press doesn't report anything about it. No, they don't. And and this is amazing. I mean, I, I the, 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 the VAERS website, the VAERS website, you know, is a system where you can report an adverse event or an adverse reaction to a vaccine, and there are a lot of reports uh, piling up, piling up in this uh, database. And um, you know, and, and and the good news is you don't have to. You know, they're not screened; they can just pile up. And so that's what's happening. And there's a lot of people getting hurt by this vaccine, and nobody's hearing about it because. Well, the Epic Times is reporting it, but you know the lamestream press certainly is, is, is not going to report it. But people are, are dying from the vaccine that they don't even need for a, you know for a virus that is, hasn't even proved to be in existence. Sam, that's the irony of this. Well, and that's the problem with their dishonest fake news reporting, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about this COVID vaccine secret, a stunner, John Rappaport basically saying, hey. You know what? They don't even. They even blatantly admit they don't have the real sequencing uh, of the coronavirus, and therefore, how do you have a vaccine for something that you don't even have nailed down um, to have a vaccine against? It's a very interesting 
complicated scientific discussion, but put simply like this, if you don't have an isolated copy of the coronavirus, how do you have a mere vaccine to stop it? And the answer is they don't, and they know they don't, and they admit they don't, but nobody seems to care. (laughs) Bottom line, Sam, you don't know what is in that COVID vaccine. You know, they, they claim that there is a, some fragment from a supposed virus that hasn't even been proven to exist. And so consider the PCR test. Several levels of valid criticism have been aimed at that PCR test. First of all, different labs come up with different contradictory test results, right? So any sample you send, if you send to multiple labs, you'll get back different test results. That's true. And drilling down even a little deeper, the test, when it amplifies the tissue sample taken from a patient, is useless and dangerous when more than 34 cycles or steps of amplification are deployed. Why? Because then huge numbers of false positives occur. Down yet another level, we discover the PCR test doesn't detect the virus at all. It simply identifies a piece of RNA presumed to have come from a virus. And finally, the test identifies a piece of RNA from a virus that hasn't been proven to exist. That's the bottom line. CDC even admits that they don't have the virus. They haven't isolated it, Sam. They they have not isolated the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And yet, there are pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer and, and, uh, and, and others who are claiming that they have a vaccine that is safe and effective against this virus. And yet, the Epic Times, you heard the headline, people are dying after, after taking the jab for the COVID-19 uh, you know, virus. Sam. So it's, 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 you know, CDC's lying to us again. They do it all the time. Why would we expect them to uh, behave any differently now? That's my question. Sam. Well, and you better fund the new media taking center stage. Because if we don't have funding, we won't be able to survive, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not trying to be, um, you know, a drama about this. I'm just trying to tell you that, hey, uh, you know, Gab is being uh, threatened. Parlor has already been shut down. You go to the website and they say we're working on coming back. We have got to stand up now for the truth. And they're the ones peddling fake news. But they won't have an outright, flat-out scientific debate with open answers and questions. Because they know they'll lose. But the good news, ladies and gentlemen, is we are still on your radio and able to bring this information to you. Right, Lowell? That's right, Sam. And uh, praise be to God that you are, Sam. Thank you so very much. Not only me, Lowell Nelson and many others. Dr. Scott Bradley coming up next. Thanks so much, Lowell. Godspeed, sir. You're welcome. He always brings the best commentary, the best columns, the best news that Edwards reviews to use at the table. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. For Lowell and Sam, we declare we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, we can and will restore our grand old republic. Please get involved, make it a great day, and choose the right, will you? LovingLiberty.net. Donate liberally today, will you please? God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Radio Show. Talk Show.
All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our 202 and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. You should also know, ladies and gentlemen, that we are preparing the people for the Savior Jesus Christ to return. It's all about repentance. It's all about making God the center of your life. Let the Lord prevail in your life. It's all about what do you do with your time and your talents and your energies. Are you building the kingdom of God here on the earth? I pray the answer is yes. Welcome to the broadcast. The good Dr. Scott Bradley with me to preserve the nation, his collegiate series, his website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Welcome back, sir. Well, thank you very much. And um, looks to me like it's a banana belt here. It's in the mid-20s. I give you a little weather report sometimes, and <laughs> it feels like, hey, your mid-20s, we're, we're kind of on the uptick. Yeah, in the middle of winter, <laughs> it's getting warm for y'all up there. Oh, I, I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Um, this is an interesting headline. There's a representative. Her name, I think, is Ayanna Presley. She's a Democrat of Massachusetts. She said that Republicans engaged in chemical warfare by not wearing masks. Presley, believe it or not, took to Twitter to condemn Republican lawmakers. She said, quote, the second I realized that our safe room, you know, when they breached the Capitol on the 6th, as soon as I realized that our safe room from the violent white supremacists, mob included, treasonous, white supremacist, anti-masker members of Congress who incited the mob in the first place. I exited, she tweeted. She was furious that more and more of her colleagues are getting the cocoa now. So she literally says that, hey, those who don't wear masks are engaging in chemical warfare. Blatantly talking about members of Congress calling them white supremacists, calling them mobsters, saying they've committed chemical warfare by not wearing masks. We have gone to a new level, Dr. Bradley. You know, I, 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 would, I don't know this, this woman, nor how old she is, but um, for some decades now at the universities, we have been basically spinning the propaganda that uh, you can kind of agendize and and uh, and make anything mean anything through the way you spin your words and and the insanity of this is is just beyond measure i mean we we just try to get people for example to to read the words of the constitution they're in plain english so those plain english words are known their meanings are known they can only mean what they were what they meant in the day they were they were written, and and yet they're spinning these things constantly. And honestly, uh, you could come to the point where you say, well, anybody that disagrees with me is absolutely a violation of some kind of organic justice on earth, and, and they should be eliminated. I mean, these people, I don't think they know any ends as to how much they might spin their agenda, and it's it's just a travesty and a tragedy. And 
And I guess we could take it off on a, uh, a tangent here a little bit about, you know, what are we, like 42 weeks into two weeks to flatten the curve? You know, I mean, the, the stuff is going to happen. You're going to get it if you're going to get it. It's some 80% of the people don't even know they got it. And of those that do know they got it, they range from mild to more severe based upon underlying health issues. And and uh, 99.7% on overall course get over it without any problem. I mean, and based on what they eat and drink and stuff like that, too, well, it's sure. been proven it's a, if you do the right things, it's less severe and you weather it much more easily, right? And there's also very, very... Uh, uh, that's available data, but they keep censoring it off the, the networks. But uh, data that says, hey, we got treatments that are very successful. This idea of having to take a, a vaccine that has all sorts of, well, it's not really a vaccine. It's a medical device almost. It's a prescription that they say for for the way it's going to be handled. But it, the way it's being done is, number one, has never been used on human beings. And number two it's had really, really bad side effects like death with animals when you when they've been vaccinated and the mRNA, the messenger RNA, gets incorporated into your system and it kind of super sensitizes, uh, you know, those that receive it in, in the instances we know of with animals. And uh, and the next time they get a whiff of the uh, pathogen, uh, the animals all died. I mean... It's like, and, it, and some have called it a binary agent. You get you get injected, and then a secondary infection comes, boom, gone. And it's like a, a weaponized binary, uh, you know, yeah. uh, agent. And it's like, well, okay, so all of these things that are happening, and um, the faultiness of the uh, uh, the testing system. And oh, here's a, here's the but thing. But other than that, it's not so bad. Come on. No, no, no. But this is a this is a concern to me. I I guess you don't know many people that don't wear masks that go down and get the test. I mean, they're not going to feed the beast. That just is their mentality. Those that are wearing masks are getting the test, and by golly, they're the ones that are getting the disease. And I have to think, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Is there a correlation here? It's just strange. The the people that don't wear the masks seem to be the healthy ones. And those that do get them are the ones that are running down and, and getting the test, and they're saying, by golly, you've got it. And uh, that adds to all our numbers. And, and they're they're using, you know, the quote-unquote cases, which I think are very questionable, um, to basically drive all of these lockdowns. I have read so many studies lately. There's one out of Sweden here that just I just saw yesterday that um, – They've never locked down their schools. They've always kept their schools going. They don't wear masks in the schools. And they're, um, they've never lost a child to the COVID. Never. They know the entire, the entire nation. I think they've had a total of 15 kids hospitalized. Every one of them recovered. So there's no deaths and there's no disease. And, and they're basically going on with their regular everyday lives. And um, studies like that never get you know, brought forth and, and people don't give them any credibility. It's all the old winded awful people that are waiting to the death spiral to hit. And it seems to be, it just seems to be that the, um, it's not just a narrative, it's a script. You must fear, you must doubt, you must be contained and controlled. And pretty soon we've got rid of habeas corpus and we've got economy being destroyed. Suicides are up, domestic abuse is up. Uh, alcohol abuse is up. The uh, obesity rate is up. There's other 
sicknesses and diseases that are being untreated, everything from heart attacks to gingivitis, because people are not. Uh, by the way, I read a study the other day about increased um, uh, gum and uh, tooth decay uh, based upon the mask wearing. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff out there, but, but there's only one script, and that script is the only one that's being given preeminence. And so, yeah, and uh, you see this congresswoman, person, whatever she is, I don't know. Anyway, here it is. I don't know what they're doing today nowadays. But, but at any rate, the, uh, uh, they have spun this into a, uh, something that everything has to be panic-driven. I, you know, the, I, I've almost come in some churches to think of the Church of the COVID, because the Savior's name gets mentioned so rarely. And uh, they worship the the false gods of physicians, scientists, and and uh, pharma companies, and instead of the true and living God. I mean, it's almost like we have replaced all truth, all hope, all divinity in our lives with this fear, doubt, and all that kind of stuff. I, I we better of... reject it and stand for what's true. By the way, there's a group you should know about. It's by a guy by the name of Doctor Pierre Corey. And he spoke before Congress, and he's created a group called Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance. And it's FLCCC.net, and he believes ivermectin, a very inexpensive drug, can solve the coronavirus. He tested before a Senate congressional committee on it. Of course, they mocked him and ridiculed, and the mainstream press never heard about it. But anyway, FLCCC.net, if you want to check that out. Now, you know, it's yes, ivermectin and, and uh, I mean, there are there are other approaches, including better nutrition, as you point out, you know, with nutritional supplements. I mean, it's just astounding to think that we're exposing ourselves to what this new so-called vaccine, but isn't really. And I don't believe that it could really pass muster. Never been double blind, placebo tested. It, the placebo they did use in, in many of was like, for example, um, meningitis, which has its own downside. So here's the deal. If you, if you test it against a meningitis vaccine and you get a dozen de- deaths out of meningitis vaccine and a dozen deaths out of the, uh, the tested uh, vaccine, you go, oh, it's, it's no more dangerous than a placebo. Well, people don't understand the placebo they tested it against had uh, a history, and a, it has on the, on the vaccine itself, it tells you it's dangerous for these reasons, you know. It, it's just astonishing to me. It hasn't been given an honest thing. Warp what we, what we should be doing, in. what we should be doing is, you know what, getting plenty of sunlight, plenty of sleep, take vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc supplements. Uh, there's a few other things we can take for nutrition, too. Uh, and really make sure you get enough sleep, make sure you reduce your stress, and then to get the disease, but have the effects be so mild, but yet you develop natural antibodies and you create eventually over time what's called natural herd immunity. That would be the best solution to the problem. But I speak and no one's listening there, doctor. <laughs> I've gone over my 10 points of good health my grandma used to teach. We'll have to do that if you're interested. We've talked about this months ago, though. Liberty Roundtable Live. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. 
Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All you got to do, ladies and gentlemen, get plenty of nutrients, plenty of sleep, plenty of water, and jettison sugar, and you'll be off to the races. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. His grandmother had 10 keys to good health. Let's, uh, I know we covered them a couple of months ago, but let's quickly highlight those. And then I want to talk about what's going on about capitals across the country. Doctor? Oh, well, I'm okay. I mean, you know, this is, this is common sense stuff that uh, I think that, uh, well... My grandma was born back in the 1800s, so, you know, they had some of it left over that back then. Okay, wisely guard your health with zealous care. Number one, eat simply, simple, good, wholesome, nourishing food and drink plenty of water. Number three, dress appropriately for weather conditions to keep warm and not become overexposed. Number four, enjoy the outdoors, air, and participate in wholesome exercise and activities. Number five, Avoid unnecessary crowds and close, poorly ventilated, overheated facilities. Number six, get plenty of rest and sleep. Number seven, avoid late hours. Number eight, stay home in the evenings and enjoy the association of family. Number nine, do not take or partake of harmful substances. Number 10, draw nearer to God and keep his commandments. Simple, simple things that, uh, you know, kind of go by the wayside. And all these other comorbidities that uh, maybe you're killing people off might not have overtaken you over the past 20 years, if that's the case. You know, your whole health may, may still be better if you'd have been practicing something like this for, you know, your whole life. Well, so, they sound like little things, but they were so common sense and a given back then. Now we take them for granted. Uh, the getting to bed early, the plenty of sleep, the spending time in the evenings with your family and loved ones. These are things that relate to your health and your immune system uh, that really haven't been studied enough because they, they say, well, wait a minute, they're not nutrition-based. Well, maybe not, but they bring uh, forward chemicals in your body uh, that are good. Okay, and they yeah, they, 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 su- they help. They suppress things that are bad naturally by the love, the acceptance, the reducing of stress. The I could go on and on, but there's a lot to this. It sounds so simple, and it is, but yet it's a very complex 
uh, solution. When you focus on God, family, and country uh, in a positive way, you change not only your health, but your complete outlook. And it becomes kind of a synergistic reality. One benefits the other. Pretty soon you have less stress, so you have more energy. You have more energy so you can care for your country. You can care for your country so you feel better about life and you care for your family. And then what I mean is these things go round and round and round in a positive spiral up uh, solution uh, that people don't know. You get enough sleep and you wake up cheerful. Because you're cheerful, you get along with your family. Because of that, there's less divorce. I mean, we can go on. Then you turn to God and pretty soon you understand the meaning of life. And it, what I mean is this is, is, it sounds so simple, but these synergistic 10 items together uh, have much more synergistic effect, much more power and ability to make a difference than they are individually when they're put together. You know, it's it's interesting. The, the it, I keep starting to call it a narrative, but it really truly is a script. And you can go from station to station and channel to channel, and you get this fear, doubt thing. I, I For example, one of our local uh, uh, radio stations here, every afternoon, evening, puts on an owing it awful review of all of the statistics, of all the things we really need to be fearful of in terms of this this COVID stuff, okay? And and it really is a, a fear-based kind of thing, and that's a death spiral the opposite direction of what you're talking about, Sam. And and I go to the scriptures and I read I, uh, so many times. There's hundreds of instances in there where we're told not to fear, and um, and it's it's funny to me, not funny, it's tragic, I guess, that uh, this I this is not an idea; it's a commandment. The the commandment to not fear, and it's a faith based commandment. I have to admit, and it's one of those things that works. But um, uh, this commandment to not fear, it's a commandment, and you say, oh. Well, I don't commit adultery and I don't steal. Well, okay, so why do you find it so but, easy but to hold break on. this other one? But hold on, that's good that you don't do those things, but... but yeah, I'm not trying to encourage otherwise. <laughs> but if you fear, you're violating one of God's directives, and it's very important. And and by the way, uh, there's a, you know, uh, we could get off on this tangent too, but a lot of people that say they don't steal, well, they take, you know, Pell Grants or cash for clunkers or whatever, where you're taking the wealth and, and uh, the earned income of other people that the government has decided to share with you. And it's, it's because they redistribute wealth. And, and, and I disagree the with the socialist nature of this. However, in the coronavirus, when the government's taking away your ability to make a living and taking away uh, you know, your source of, of freedom and liberty, uh, right to work, whatever terms you want to call it, free enterprise system or whatever, it's a little bit hard for me to say people shouldn't uh, receive something. Uh, at some point, the government has an obligation if they steal value from you, uh, then to replace that with, with something else. And so it's a little bit of a blurred line in the modern reality. That does not mean that I'm justifying socialism. I'm just making a point that when they take away from you and you have no ability to do for yourself, what else can you do? It's a very interesting you know, dynamic. It, it is an interesting dynamic. We need to get rid of the scoundrels that have seized the reins of government, and I think it's in, in, in you know, all parties and and uh, largely it's almost universal in terms of them uh, engaging in this socialistic behavior. And and by the way, there's some you know the founders pled against parties, and, and they entered parties fairly early in the Twelfth Amendment. I think had something to do with that. Not purposely, but but at any rate, uh, you know, you get the Whigs, for example, that came in the 1930s, uh, 1830s, excuse me, and they were they had proven to be 
kind of outmoded and rejected by, I think they went out of business about 1856 or something like that. So, say 1833 they started, they died 23 years later. Um, and, and there's some that are saying that, uh, the, you know, some have said that the Democrat Party has lost its way and, and uh, no longer has validity and, and is out of, go, out of business because it's basically come become the, the Communist Party. And the Republicans have lost their way because they're similarly perverted in their approach. Many are thinking that if they get many Republicans uh, to go along with this um, impeachment uh, effort in the Senate, in fact, Rand Paul said that it will absolutely eviscerate and destroy the Republican Party. It will go away uh, because they will no longer be valid anymore in the minds of the people. And, and he's saying, you get 17 Republicans to go along with this in the Senate, this impeachment uh, trial thing, he says the, the party's dead. Yeah, here's, and, Rand, and, here's Rand Paul's exact statement. I have it queued up, ready to go. It says this. Oh, good. Okay. Senator Rand Paul, GOP leadership will destroy the Republican Party, trigger mass exodus if they vote to convict Trump. Very, well, you know, very we, interesting statement. I think he's right as rain. I, I do, too. And here's the deal. We could spend a great deal of, of time on the impeachment process and um, and how this is a, a fire-ready-aim kind of thing. We have people that are uh, they're incapable. They, they just are not clumsy at, at governance. They are incapable of governance. They're currently set in the highest offices of our nation. I, I, I'm just astonished to see what, what they don't understand about an oath that they took to a document that has complete plain English meaning to every step of it, and, and they think that because they hold office that they are justified in doing whatever they want to do. And it's not true. And, and the thing that's very interesting, let me just touch on this for just a well, second. Let me, let me uh, highlight I, this before you touch on this, though, Doctor. Okay. It's not true by fact. It is true by precept, though, because we the people don't hold them accountable. In other words, if we keep electing them when they do that, we um, make it true. And I only bring that up not to, to disagree about it, but to highlight we have a responsibility as well. And if we shirk our duty, then they uh, fill that vacuum of power, wrongfully so. You know, we need to blame ourselves. But it shouldn't be true based on the supreme law and based on their oaths of office. But it is true by word and deed because of their uh, oftentimes inaction or uh, action that violates their oaths of office, right? Well, it, it is true, absolutely what you're saying. But that is not that does not carry out the fundamental purpose of government as defined within the Declaration and fulfilled within the Constitution, which they take an oath, uh, which, according to the Founding Fathers, imprecates the vengeance of God if they don't obey it. Okay? So let's go back to the Declaration. You know, this idea of God-given rights and the purpose of government is to secure those rights, and they derive their just powers from the consent of the governed. Okay? And, uh, you know, Straight out of the Declaration, they derive their just powers from the consent of the government. Okay, now people say, well, we elected them. We gave them the consent. No, we did not. The consent happened at the ratification of the Constitution, where they said, okay, the purpose of government is to secure God-given rights. Here's a document that secures those. It's a limited uh, uh, power delegation. It's separation of powers. It's checks and balances. All those things we talk about all the time. And the people said, we will be governed by that document's principles, and anybody that takes office has to take an oath to uphold that. So that's when the consent was given. At this point, when the people violate the oath, of course, you point out correctly, 
that we the people have a responsibility to intervene and say, no, wait, wait, wait. We did not consent to be governed by this type of government and these types of people. And we need to go in and correct it. And we the people are at fault because we keep selling our votes. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you an example to make the point in a second. We've got a lot to talk about. Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Secret Service is in charge of event security at Biden's inauguration, but there is a wide variety of military and law enforcement personnel involved, ranging from the National Guard to the FBI to DCPD, U.S. Capitol Police, U.S. Park Police. About 25,000 members of the National Guard are being vetted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation since arriving last week. Expecting open borders, as promised by President-elect Joe Biden, several caravans numbering in the thousands are on their way to the United States from South America. Biden transition officials tell migrant caravans now is not the time to come to the U.S. Chinese state media is reporting 12 out of the 22 workers trapped for a week in an explosion in a gold mine are alive as hundreds of rescuers seek to bring them to safety. The Xinhua News Agency said Monday a note passed through a rescue shaft Sunday night is giving rescuers hope. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had begun to notice after 10 days with Balance of Nature, I felt better, more energetic. And believe me, for me, that's something because I have energy anyway. But as old as I am, that was really something to start really noticing. You know, we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are, but I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. A lot of politics this week in D.C. USA Radio News' Jeremy Scott has more. The president-elect reportedly plans to sign several executive orders in his first 10 days in office. According to a memo from his chief of staff, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina addressed some of those moves on Fox News' Sunday Morning Futures. If the first thing he does is go back into the Paris Climate Accords, that's a disaster for the U.S economy. The accords basically give China and India a pass on their carbon emissions. And how do you enforce a national mass mandate? So if that's what he's going to lead off with, he's going to going to have a tough rollout of his presidency. President-elect Biden is also expected to sign executive orders to end the travel ban on predominantly Muslim countries, halting evictions and student loan payments during the pandemic, reopening schools and businesses, and immediate economic relief to working families. The memo also states Biden will take action to address climate change and expand access to health care. From the USA Radio News Oregon Bureau, I'm Jeremy Scott. USA Radio News. So Rand Paul blatantly says, look, if the Republicans... 
truly convict Trump, it will be the destruction of the Republican Party. I agree that he's right. They'll trigger mass exodus. Let me give you a couple of headlines to make the point. They've taken this to extreme levels, ladies and gentlemen. Listen carefully. Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman is his name. He says this, quote, saying election is rigged is not protected speech. So I can't even say the election's rigged anymore. It gets worse. Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, demands federal funding to de-radicalize white supremacists and conspiracy theorists. So now she's looking for funding to, to de-radicalize conspiracy theorists and white supremacists. Harvard students are now petitioning for Trump-allied graduates to lose their degrees, writes John Brown. Country star John Rich says that conservative rockers are being muzzled by the industry. Joe Manchin says, that's Representative Joe Manchin, says that, hey, Senate should consider removing Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz under 14th Amendment. And these people are getting crazy. Absolutely crazy. And, um, you know, I don't know what we need to do about it. But listen carefully. London Bank threatens to close accounts of customers who don't wear face masks. All right. Big tech's purge of conservatives changes speech debate. In reality, it's a power grab, folks. And Americans must recognize this muzzle may, may be used against them, real clear politics. Conservative news outlets need to be deplatformed, says Alex Stamos, the former chief security officer for Facebook. You want to respond to all that, Dr. Bradley? Well, if we had about 15 minutes per topic, we could touch upon them lightly. But let me just say this about that. <laughs> we have radical communists, and whether they call themselves social democrats or something more gentle, that's really where they're going with this Marxist drivel that they're involved in. We're, they're completely eviscerating the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Let's just talk about the First Amendment very briefly. Uh, I want to come back to this first one on here about this uh, no law respecting the establishment of religion, because we, we ended, I think, on this last week. And, and uh, uh, this, this is the, the threat for the destruction of a religious liberty is... is Pending so, uh, it, it's it's upon us. It, it is really serious. Is. It is real, and it is um, unfolding before our very eyes. We have a front row seat, sir. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, and I, I do want to come back to this kind of not lead off with this, but I'll mention it because it's first in the First Amendment. But uh, just to tell you how to the forefront this is, this um, uh, amendment to the Freedom Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 that we talked about that is uh, to gut the the uh, religious liberty protected safe, if you will in the in the uh, Bill of Rights Kamala Harris was the sponsor of the bill in the Senate the last couple of uh, congressional uh, sessions and, and you know there's a Kennedy that's sponsoring it in the house but it has not been uh, put in yet but they will be I assure you 
uh, Senate 593 is what it was uh, last time, and, and um, House uh, Bill uh, 1450. And these are intended to restrict dramatically your religious liberties in the workplace and in the public market, if you will. Or maybe we can come back to that in a minute. But this idea of abridging this freedom of speech or the press. Now, the people need to understand that the, this has been perverted in the last, oh, well, 60, 70, 80 years in regards to what this free speech and press is. They, they've turned it into lewd speech and, and uh, perverse art and, you know, nude dancing and all that kind of stuff, saying this is all protected First Amendment stuff. That's utter bunk, complete, total, and utter bunk. Uh, it, the Founding Fathers put the First Amendment there to assure that the people would be able to speak about political issues openly, freely, point out threats, point out uh, inconsistencies. And by the way, we've been going this direction a long time with the, uh, with the, with the federal election laws where they shut down conversation as you approach uh, the uh, election. You can't talk about certain things. And, and the uh, election laws also favor incumbents and those that bring out the things that they've done that were wrong actually get muzzled by these things ultimately and finally. But, but the whole idea of freedom of speech and press had to do with political speech and press. It has nothing whatsoever to do with these, with these perverse things that they've started to protect, and, and they hold sway over almost every aspect of our lives now. Uh, but, but the idea was, you know, you can't be punished. You can't be, you know, shut up. For, for saying something about what's going on in the political process, because it's there to protect us from being completely muzzled by this. And this is where the communists that are running this country right now are going with this. This idea of the right of the people to peaceably assemble, that idea is completely contained anymore in the way they're responding. Utah, just over the weekend, had hundreds more military personnel and police forces than and showed up. Now, I don't know who put this demonstration or, or gathering on down at the state capitol. I, I've never heard of them before. I don't know who they are, and that makes them suspect in my mind uh, for provocateurs. But the fact of the matter is they had hundreds more uh, in show of force against anybody that showed up for that. This idea of petitioning the government for grievances, that's part of the free speech and the idea of the press. You, you need, and assembly. You need to be able to bring these things forward. This was the whole basis of the First Amendment. The, the religious liberty stuff is absolutely essential in order to stay a free nation, to recognize that our, our God and to worship him, and, and that brings strength and stability to a nation. But everything included in, in not only the religion, but also the speech and the press and the Assembly and, and the redress agreements is all political. And for them to be trying to, to shut these down at this time is an indication of where we're going with this country. And let's just go to the religious liberties thing for a second. That it, what was Senate 593, that was Kamala Harris's bill. She had 33 senators that were co-sponsoring. That's a third of the Senate, for crying out loud. The H.R. Uh, 1450 had 215 congresspersons that were, that were uh, co-sponsoring it. These have a huge footprint. And I would suspect with the, um, you know, the giddiness of them having Kamala in the vice presidential seat, we'll find that the new person that brings this force has immediately 
a lot more support. But basically what it does, see, I, I never liked the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 anyway, because basically what it is is a kind of a legislative approach to what the First Amendment assures across the board. The spectrum is protected. And, and when they start trying to legislatively, well, in this case and in that case, and we'll do this and we'll do that, what it ends up doing is constraining the broadness that's found in the, in the First Amendment. And what, it, what the, they're trying to do, now they, they say there is this Freedom Restoration Act in 1993, was to make certain that people retained their religious liberty. Well, it's already retained in the First Amendment, but okay, so they, they attempted to do this. And now with these new well, bills... Well, it's really only retained if it's within the hearts and minds of the people. That's true. It's very true. But but here's the deal. What they're trying to do now with these amendments is say, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. no, 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 no. Religious liberty, it, it impinges upon all these other rights we're, we're creating, these gender-bender things and all these things that are happening, you know, these these uh, girls' and boys' bathrooms and shower rooms and all this kind of stuff. And, and the idea that, oh, you've got to have in your health care program an abortion uh, uh, option for anybody that works for you. And they're saying, no, just because you have a religious belief against these systems or in favor of that or whatever, um, no, 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 no. These bills would say you can still worship in your institution, basically. And it's only five pages, by the way. It's it, There's a few ands and does and all this kind of stuff just put in there with a few little phrases that gut the bill and basically say in the public workplace, marketplace arena, you will not retain these things. And, and again, I really truly believe that many of the religious institutions have been very, very, very short-sighted in their approach to this and that they have not stepped up and said, no, 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 these individuals retain this. If you're a uh, business owner, and you don't want to put an abortion pact into your health care program, this bill would say, yeah, you got to. You, you've got to do that, and, and you've got to serve your community. Oh, let's say you're a baker in Colorado that doesn't want to do a gay cake. Well, you, you can't do that anymore if this bill happens, and that's where we're going with this bill. It's going to take it and, and give the institutions a little respite, but they'll lose it ultimately, and and they're going to take it from uh, whatever you're doing in the rest of your life. All right, I made, a point, last, I made a point last hour, Dr. Bradley, that I want to speak to in the next segment. I'm going to put all other issues off for this point. I want to get your take on it. Quick pause, Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? 
To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. All right, what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is your First Amendment and religious liberty. Dr. Scott Bradley with me. And I made a statement last hour that I want to, I, I really believe it fits here, and I want to just kind of seed this and then let you rock and roll with it, doctor, for the last segment. This is really important. You know, you've got a gazillion fault lines in America and around the world. you got male against female. you got Republican against Democrat or party against party. you got right against left, conservative, whatever. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, the genders at war. You've got people uh, of age, you know, different ages at war. They've got every fault line of the planet you can think of. And uh, they even say, oh, reject the left-right paradigm. It's us against the swamp. And, you know, some of the fault lines are truer than others. Uh, you know, race fault lines, uh, sex fault lines, everyone they can find. But, you know, I was talking to some family members yesterday about how the middle ground is going away. And it's becoming more extreme, either righteous or wicked. And uh, I mentioned that I really believe that eventually all these fault lines, to mask or not to mask, to vaccinate or not to vaccinate, whatever, all these fault lines are going to eventually give away to one great fault line. Are you a Christian or not? Will you deny the Christ or not? And as for me in my house, I will not deny the Christ. And I know that it, it seems like, well, that's not really the case now, Sam. I understand, but I'm telling you, eventually all these fault lines will morph into that big fault line. They're setting the stage with all these other fault lines as they destroy America and turn us into a fighting, satanic, not Christian nation. Nations divided against themselves can surely not stand. The house divided against itself cannot stand. Eventually, it will be the Christians versus the non-Christians. That's where they're going. And the reason that I say this, because the socialist, communist, godless agenda of government uh, is godless. And the United States of America was uniquely positioned as a God-fearing nation. We don't look to government for success and solutions. We look to God. And other nations didn't have that reality check to it, that God is the author of our liberty. And that made America unique. Okay? And I submit to you that what they're doing is destroying America over every fault line. But eventually that will become the ultimate dividing fault line. Write it down remember who told you first. And these very uh, legislative bills that you're speaking of highlight this eventual reality check. Doctor, I turn it over to you. <laughs> it is a broad spectrum of, of subject, and it all goes back to our faith-based um, desire to please our eternal Father, our God. It's interesting that uh, the communist uh, approach to things, we've talked about this often, is conflict-based. 
it's the Hegelian dialectical approach to things, where you throw things together, you get a turmoil going, and something else comes out. And that's their approach for implementing their order of disorder, if you will. And it's interesting to me, I go back to, uh, I'll bring this back to the Satan-God, you know, dialectical, if you will, in a moment. But uh, if we go back to the uh, uh, French Revolution, their intent was to seek the destruction of Christianity. Their intent was to abolish private property. Their intent was to eliminate the family as a social unit. Their intent was to abolish existing governments. Their intent was to establish a dictatorship or the proletariat, okay? That's basically, you know, their working class. They didn't call them a proletariat in those days. But that is basically everything that the intent of communism is talking about today. You know, it, it will seek to destroy every single thing, the, the foundational principles. And, and we, can, we can review that at great detail if you wanted to, but the fact is, this is a rehash of everything they've been doing down through the ages to destroy everything sacred to us, everything virtuous, lovely, of good report, praiseworthy. These things are in the crosshairs, if you will. And when you get a Kamala Harris and, and uh, Joseph Kennedy III, I mean, the, the senator and representative that have been sponsoring this uh, this movement on the religious thing, they're basically seeking to implement the foundational things that the Illuminati brought forth under the French Revolution and what Marxism has brought forth throughout the entire world. Now, again, I, I really believe everything that is good and noble and wonderful and wise originates with God, and and those things that uphold and sustain that are godly things. Those that detract from and, and seek the... Uh, you know, elimination of those kinds of things is really satanic in its origins. And so when when we have these schisms that are happening across the nation, and really literally across the world, it behooves us to look carefully at where something is taking us. And by the way, that's one of the, this, I don't know if you want to call it a skill set or a, a tendency or whatever in America that we have lost in recent decades, I will have to say. The ability to connect the dots, if this, then that. And and we seem very uh, unwilling and unable to say stuff that, in my opinion, is right before our very nose, to say, well, I'm going to do this. Like, for example, the people that have wanted the, uh, the implementation of martial law here in the nation. We could talk about that in great length, but their position is we've got to do it to save the country. No, we don't got to do it because that violates and will lead to things that will ultimately destroy the entire country. I mean, could Caesar be trusted or could Napoleon be trusted with martial law when they destroyed the things that were foundational, that, that we had strayed from the, uh, the anchor, if you will, of the Constitution? And, and they can't see what's at risk when they do these things, and that is happening right now with little, tiny, incremental steps. They're not so tiny anymore, but, but there's, a, there's a communist, an Italian communist, uh, that was back in the uh, teens, uh, well, 100 years ago, and in the 20s, his name was Antonio Gramsci. And uh, he was absolutely a devoted communist. And uh, he went, to, by the way, to once when the, when the Bolsheviks had solidified their power in Russia, he went there to celebrate and, and what actually, he nearly you know, got put to death because the, the Bolsheviks at the time, the, the Leninist Marxist guys, wanted it out of the barrel of a gun immediately, and they were going to implement it by force and all that kind of stuff. 
And he had a different way. He had a slice-at-a-time kind of attitude. And he wrote many volumes while he was in prison in Italy as a communist fomenter. He wrote many volumes about how to implement communism a slice at a time. Where the Bolsheviks wanted to do it, you know, out of a barrel of a howitzer, he was going to take it through legislative action. And that's exactly what is happening in America today. We're using a Gramscian approach to implement the Marxism that, that uh, Marx and Engels brought forth in Canada. But as I pointed out, if, if it was there with the Illuminati, well, it was there with the League of Just Men, and they ultimately called themselves communists, but it was there before the Illuminati. It, it's been there, it's been satanic in its origins, and, and it is a, an opposition to all of these sacred things that we have, the, the idea of Christianity. They want to get rid of it. Private property. You can't be free if you don't have private property. If And we can go back even to the Federalist Papers and talk about this, where they say that if you control a man's uh, ability to provide for his family, you control the man, and that's what private property allows. This idea of eliminating the family. I've got in my book a, a little review of the Sarloff anarchists that attempted to get rid of the family. They, they uh, communized, I guess I could say, all the women in society in Russia after the Bolsheviks took over. No man could own a woman, and I, I'd say to you, if you think you own your wife, you really got another thing coming. But the fact of the matter is, no, they broke the tie. They said uh, any member of the party could make use, that was their term, of any woman in the country. And if you weren't a member of the party, you could pay a, a, a fee uh, uh, of, in French francs to the good of the party, and, and you were in that same boat. It destroyed society. The wheels were falling off society as they destroyed the family, and, and they had to back off on this because society just was completely falling apart. But these things have been there from the origins, and, and I think you've accurately assessed it, Sam, when you say, well, all of these schisms that are happening, ultimately and finally will say, do I follow the Prince of Peace, the, the master, or do I follow his counterfeit uh, diabolical, and that's, I guess, goes without saying it's by definition, satanic approach to things. And uh, so we've got to be principles-based in everything we do. We've got to learn to connect the dots. We've got to say, okay, if this happens, then this could, then this could. Oh, oh my goodness, look where they're taking us, down this royal road to socialism and ultimately to communism. And, and that's where we are in America today. And, and we need, for me and my house, you know, we've got to make those kind of solid unvarying commitments that we will not stray from our Prince of Peace, because ultimately and finally, those kinds of choices are going to face all of us. And and uh, so long, I would pray that so long as there's a band of Christians to sustain and, and dwell in this land, that God will have mercy on us. Now, remember, if you look back at uh, you know this Abrahamic thing and Sodom and Gomorrah, and he gets bargaining. Hey, what if you find fifty good people, or forty, or thirty, or twenty, or ten? God's merciful. If we can put together a uh, a coalition, if you will, of people that are willing to abide by the covenants that have associated with this land from the very beginning, if we can say, okay, it's it's a scripturally based kind of uh, covenant land, and uh, if we can do that, I think we can save the land. If we, we can't can, do that, we can do that, and we will do that. We may not well, save the government. Intention. We may not save the government from falling, and we may not make things uh, perfect. Meaning there will be a lot of of unique changes for sure. 
But I promise you there will be a band of Christians who will not deny the Christ, who will stand and keep the commandments of God, and will usher in the Savior Jesus Christ's return. That's a promise. That's our effort. That's our goal. That's our desire. And I, for one, will not deny the Christ, Dr. Bradley. Well, I agree, but here's the deal. Uh, I think that, I mean, they couldn't find enough people in Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, they, they, it was kind of like, oops, that didn't make the the, the grade, and, and they, they had to be removed out of that. And that may be the, the you know, what ends, ends up ultimately happening in America, where people have to be somewhat separated. They've got to remove the covenant sacred communities, and that will eventually be the case and, 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 and be necessary uh, to prevent violence, to keep peace. Uh, to create honorable societies, uh, most importantly, the ability uh, to worship freely and pray to God. Eventually, they'll deny your ability to worship, as they've already done in California. Uh, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. you got 40 million people in California. That's over a tenth of the nation. Literally, under assault, can't worship. And then across the country, you've got very um, restricted worship reality checks. Um, they're just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. But I'm telling you, these other fault lines are just designed to create anger and hatred, to let Satan reign, uh, and eventually then these other fault lines will fall away. Uh, and it will be, will you be, follow the Prince of Peace, or will you deny the Christ? Uh, and those will be that'll be the ultimate fault line. I'm telling you, it's coming. Write it down. I'm well, not- 7,000 had not bended the knee in ancient Israel, and we've got a... Uh, well, let's be part of the 7,000 that never bent the knee, but let's find the rest of the 7,000. Or I, I hope it's a lot bigger number than that. Uh, uh, but but we've got to do that as, as a gathering of people and uh, to righteousness, and, and that's what will save the nation. It truly will. So, yeah, I don't know how to so. get more positive than that, my friend, that we can and will do it, and God will help us. I, I truly believe so. Go read First Kings 19, about, you know, how they haven't, <laughs> you know, i got 7,000 of you folks out there that you don't know about that have not bended the knee. That's where we got to be. We will gather those who are those who will not deny the Christ, who will stand together and protect God, family, and country. We follow the Prince of Peace, I remind you. Uh, don't go to your capitals around the country or to Washington, D.C. It's nothing but betrayers and disaster there, ladies and gentlemen. Get on your knees and repent before God and stand up and go to work to defend God, family, and country. LovingLiberty.net, spread the word for Sam and Dr. Bradley. God save the Republic of the United States of America.